A marquee Bruin football player who had put his name in the transfer portal has found a new landing spot. The news breaking last night and coming up how this said player will slot in with his new team. And that's a bit of a hint there. Somebody got it. Anyway, let's welcome you in. This is Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. You can always find me on Twitter at Brian Fenley. You can email the show, LockedOnBruins at gmail.com and become a regular consumer of this podcast. And you can do so by clicking that subscribe button and you can rate the show. You can give me zero stars. You can give me five stars. You can do whatever you want, and either way, I appreciate your time. So you might have picked up on the clues, and that player who has decided to move on and has found his next landing spot is Theo Howard, the slot wide receiver for UCLA. He made the news official on his Instagram profile last night. He tweeted out a picture of himself in an Oklahoma uniform and said, let's work. I'm going to tell you on this episode why this is a great fit for him, what Oklahoma is getting in a talent in Theo Howard, and how he fits in with the rest of the wide receivers. Also on this episode, UCLA women's basketball has sizzled out to a 14-0 record. They are number eight in the nation. Their head coach, Corey Close, will join us on the program to give us a bit of insight onto why the team is performing so well right now, what stars are really taking control on her squad, and how she feels like this team can improve moving forward. So, so much to get to, but I do want to start this show with the Theo Howard developments that surfaced last night. We had known that he was going to transfer since October. He had put his name in the transfer portal. He put out a heartfelt message on his social media, announcing the move, thanking his teammates, thanking his coaches and his family. And we were waiting intently to figure out where his next team was going to be. And unfortunately for Bruin fans, we did not get to watch and ooh and ah and salivate over his play this year because he had hand and wrist injuries and he had surgery on those set areas during fall camp and was not able to be a go-to on the depth chart this season and was basically sidelined all year long and there had been some initial reports that had come out when Theo Howard decided to transfer that it was because of a lack of playing time. If you're going to Oklahoma, it is not because of playing time because that program is much better. And we all know Theo Howard has a heck of a lot of talent and any team that gets him has hit the jackpot. And why do I say that? Well, first of all, the guy does not drop the ball. This guy does not get a case of the dropsies. In fact, last season, excuse me, I take you back to a season before last, so 2018, he had 51 catches, zero drops, 
And this was after admitting that early in his career that he had issues hanging on to the football. What I also love about Theo Howard, he's cool out there on the football field. He doesn't let his emotions affect or compromise his play out there. I I look at him as somebody who's level-headed when it comes to making under-pressure catches. And his former head coach, Chip Kelly, had said that Theo has been the security blanket for the quarterback. He is a a sure-catch, sure-handed player and has this deceiving athleticism and just absolute rapid speed. And it just didn't work out for him at UCLA. You know, there were probably a lot of different factors that played into it, but being that he is going to be a grad transfer, he will not have to sit out. He will be able to play right away for Oklahoma. And a lot of the players, his former players, have shown their support for Theo Howard on social media, Devin Asiasi for one, and giving him some love after the announcement came out that Theo is going to Oklahoma. And so that begs the question, why Oklahoma? And first of all, Theo Howard, these these are decisions that he has to, to really do his homework on because, you know, this is a an NFL guy. Theo Howard will make an NFL team. He will make an NFL roster. And he just needed that springboard, that one last season here, to show once again his worth after these injuries that basically kept him out of last season off the field. So for Oklahoma, first of all, they've got one wide receiver that is departing for the NFL. That is C.D. Lamb. And another reason that Oklahoma was probably very attractive for Theo Howard is that their offense is most likely going to be more of a passing offense next year. This year, we, and I say we because Bruin fans had to watch Jalen Hurts rampage us on the ground as the Sooner quarterback and also through the air. So that dual threat style is not coming back. Obviously, you have Jalen Hurts exhausting his eligibility. And because the Sooners and head coach Lincoln Riley, he comes from that air raid background, which was in part spearheaded by the one-of-a-kind Mike Leach. This team is going to throw the football, I think, a lot more this season, and the reports are that it's going to be quarterback Spencer Rattler or Tanner Mordecai. And Theo, you know, certainly salivating over the opportunity to be invested in a a very pass-happy offense where he's going to get the ball. And it's a younger-ish wide receiver group as well. So I think it was also appeasing on the Sooner side because he could become and take on a leadership role for the younger guys. So I think it it benefits both parties here. And I, 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 I've met Theo Howard a couple times. I actually ran into him in an elevator in an apartment complex a couple of years ago, and we've been able to communicate back and forth for a couple of years. And 
you know, I don't know, maybe if you've met this guy, you know how level-headed, how cool of a kid this guy is. And, you know, you hate to see him go, and you wish that, you know, this wasn't happening from a Bruin fan perspective, but I'm rooting for him. I'm I'm happy for him. I want to see him take his, his level, his game to the next stage and you know I just want what's best for him because ultimately you know these are human beings they make decisions that suit them in their best interests and you just have to respect it right this is the way college football is right now if you're not feeling like a said spot is best for you you have the freedom to look around and now that it's basically going to be Theo Howard and this is going to be his last year of college eligibility. I hope he takes what he can from this experience in Soonerland and makes the most out of it. And it was funny because just a couple days ago, if you follow Theo Howard on Twitter, he mentioned how sick he was of the traffic in Los Angeles. He's not going to have to worry about any level of traffic that parallels to what's going on in L.A. in, in Oklahoma. I don't think that you have the same issues there. However, when you're there, college football is a much bigger deal. So it doesn't get diluted by everything else that's going on in L.A., from sports and entertainment and whatnot. So it's great exposure for him as well. You know, if you think about all of the different factors that play into it, exposure is big time. I mean, because Oklahoma is always going to be on national TV, They're always going to have a humongous fan base show up to the games. And this is going to be a great opportunity for Theo Howard to get his name out there. Now, coming up in just a moment, yes, we'll have a conversation with Corey Close, the UCLA women's head basketball coach, but also some more news about Bruin football players deciding to transfer. We'll tell you about the latest in that department as well. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So another Bruin on the football team has decided to put his name in the transfer portal. And this was a bit of a surprise. Christophany Murray, or Chris for short, and Ben Bulch of the LA Times does a great job as a UCLA beat writer. He tweeted out on Wednesday that Christophany Murray's mom had told Ben that Christophany is transferring. He's putting his name in the transfer portal. Now, you know, sometimes you obviously get guys going in the portal who... You know, there's all, as I said, there's all sorts of reasons for it. And one obvious one is playing time. Well, that's not what played into this decision. And I'm not in the inner circle of Christophany Murray because 
you know him as a two-year starter on the offensive line. He has played some center, but his mainstay position is at the guard spot. And look, the offensive line right now for UCLA, not as you know loaded as far as numbers as we like it to be. So there's already a, 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 scarcity, a scarcity of talent there. And to lose a starter, that's huge. And haven't heard any more on why he made this decision. But, you know, that is a humongous void to fill. And we've also heard recently that, that Matt Lynch, who had been a, a backup quarterback for UCLA and then said, you know what, I'm probably not going to get on the field as a QB, so I'm going to shift my position to tight end. Saw sparing playing time, got in a little bit last year, but he has also decided to look elsewhere and put his name in the transfer portal. But, you know, at this point, I am I'm perplexed. I'm stunned at the news of Christophany Murray. I, I don't know what to say right now. I'm in such disbelief because that is a tremendous, tremendous loss. And I know that as spring ball gets closer, we'll have an idea of you know who might be filling in that role. But you know, he was going to be a junior next season and now, you know, most likely he will have to redshirt you know, with this transfer year. And so he won't be able to play right away. So this was a decision. Now, he's from Southern California as well. And I guess the only way that, you know, he can become immediately eligible is if there's a hardship waiver and UCLA, you know, has to sign off on that. And and who knows how that's going to end up. But big loss on the offensive line without... Christophany Murray, and then also we, our main center from last year, Boss Tagaloa, he has graduated or he has exhausted his eligibility. So some major question marks around the offensive line. And you know what this means is that Chip is going to have to be diligent in the recruiting game right now because you've got the National Signing Day coming up in February, just next month. He did a good job in the December signing period of taking care of holes at the linebacker position and on defense. And now he's going to have to find some gems on the offensive line to pluck and add to the roster and guys who can play right away. And that might be meaning not just guys that are freshmen coming out of high school, but you might have to see Chip dig into that transfer portal and and find some experienced offensive linemen who would not mind coming to UCLA. And and so while you give away some guys from the transfer portal, I think Chip and his coaches are going to have to be very aware and resourceful when it comes to finding talent out of the transfer portal that can play right away because you know, you want experience, and right now there's a lot of youth on that offensive line, 
And we'll see. You know, it'll be interesting to see. But I know that the chip has his ideas now of how his recruiting focus has to shift to gathering more O-line guys. And coming up in our next segment, recruiting has been stellar for the women's basketball team. They have a top-notch freshman class that is contributing and a large reason why UCLA has jetted out to number eight in the nation. Corey Close, the UCLA women's basketball coach, joins us on the program. As of early this week, only four undefeated women's Division I college basketball teams remain. And if I'm bringing that up, you might have an idea that, yes, UCLA is part of that equation. It's UCLA, UConn, NC State, and Oregon State. The Bruins, 14-0, trying to go to 15-0 when they are at Utah on Friday. And Bruin head coach Corey Close, love having her on. She is a bundle of positivity and energy, and she is with us here on Locked on Bruins. Corey Close, UCLA women's basketball coach, is with us. Feeling good at 14-0 on the season. Their best start in program history and capped off by an exhilarating win here at Pauley on Sunday. What went into that win and the environment surrounding your team and just the fan base that is starting to show that it really does want to follow this group and really give you guys a ton of support? Well, it just means the world to us. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, we're not just going to take it and enjoy an environment. We're going to give back. We're going to invest in the people that come, whether it be pregame clinic, which we did on Sunday, whether it be uh, having great um, interaction after the games between our players and our coaches as well with our fans. Um, you know, we try to just make it a shared experience. And we one of our core values in our program is every player leaves here being a lifestyle giver. That means that it's not about what we receive from the fans it's equally if not more what we give back to our fans and especially the kids you know it's, it's a very high uh, percentage of young families that come to our games um, and, and we just we really want it to be something that's mutually beneficial but I'm telling you it's an exciting brand of basketball we're shooting over 45 percent from the three-point land to start out the conference it's the number one conference in the country um, the games are going to be exhilarating you had you know three first round draft picks on Sunday probably that um, in Ari McDonald from Arizona, uh, Michaela Unwede from our program um, next year, and then Japrice Dean, I believe, could be a first-round draft pick this year. And so you got great talent, but you got great team spirit. I, I really often think that Coach Wooden would have really enjoyed watching this particular team play, the way they share the ball, um, the way they play hard on defense, and uh, and the way that they're very humble and for each other. So it's a great environment, and I hope more and people will more and more people will get on board and support this team. I noticed that humility, Corey, and I think that's such a wonderful weapon going into March. I mean, the fact that you're just playing your game and all of a sudden here you go creeping up into March and making some noise. And you you knew that this team had this potential, this talent. A lot of the outsiders did not know that. But what was it about – I love your motivational tactics. I know you're really big on that. What have stuck the most with your players, things that you've told them that you feel have really energized them and to put them into this position at being undefeated right now? Well, it's so funny that you say that because I think that's one of my weaknesses. 
<laughs> you know, the funniest part is that our assistant coaches are just so much more motivational. And even in pregame, most of the time, uh, whichever uh, assistant coach has the scout and has reviewed the scout before we go, I, I usually end up going, enough said, let's go live it out, you know. So I, I don't think that's really as much one of my strength. But I think we have a genuine love and investment in each other. And you mentioned the word humility. Um, I think there's a sense of we're really fortunate um, to be able to represent this incredible university, to have these incredible once-in-a-lifetime experiences, and to compete at the highest levels. And so I really think it's hard to keep growing if you don't have humility. And I think that's been our secret to playing well in March. Pretty much we're most of the time playing our best basketball in March because we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. We take this week and we say, all right, what's our responsibility to give to each other? And where what's our responsibility to grow? And how are we specifically going to add to our team's toolbox as well as our individual toolbox this week? And that's really all we talk about. You know, we talk about the best start in school history, um, you know, be, starting 14 in a row. We never, ever talked about that with the team. Never once. And we truly believe, and Coach Wooden really mentored me in this, that um, that truly winning is a byproduct. It is uh, a byproduct. You talk about the motivation. I think the, if, if we're anything motivational, it's that we always talk from the inside out character manifesting itself onto the court. Discipline choices over a long period of time doing the mundane things at a higher level of excellence than anyone else and trusting that that process will end up in competitive greatness. You know Coach Wood never talked about outscoring his opponents but it sure did happen a lot didn't it? You know <laughs> competitive greatness happens when you concentrate um, on being a great teammate, on being selflessness and bringing enthusiasm and maximizing your skill etc cetera, etc cetera. so I think I've just tried to stay really true to um, creating champions, but from the inside out. We're joined by Corey Close, UCLA women's head basketball coach. I was listening to a recent interview with you and you were talking about Michaela Onyenwere and mm-hmm. how at this point teams know how good she is. They double, they triple team her and she still scores. What makes her so special? Well, I mean, she's incredibly athletic, but when she got here, she was just incredibly athletic. I mean, her father was a Olympic track star and um, she's got a great body, but to her credit, because of her work ethic, she has now added such great skill to her game. I mean, she can shoot the three, uh, she can attack off the bounce both directions, she can score with her back to the basket, Um, but even more than all of that, she's one of the best teammates I have ever coached in, you know, 26 years now, and you know, everyone is so for her. They just can't wait. And if she's out of the game, if she's having a bad game, which she had a bad game, um, I, th- I didn't think she played that well on Friday night. And, um, and but you would never have known that she was in foul trouble. She got was on the bench, but you would you just saw her so excited for her teammates and so excited with to um, be a part of their success. And so you know when your when your most prolific scorer and, and arguably our best player has that kind of um, you know character and selflessness, it just trickles down into the entire culture of the program. It makes my job actually very easy. But, you know, she just, at, she she works so hard on her skills between her freshman and sophomore year. And then between sophomore and junior year, she played so much USA basketball. Between three on three, she was the leading minute getter um, on her Pan American team um, that that was in Peru. And so, you know, she's just really in a, a great position because she's added so many things to her game. So, Corey was talking about Michaela Onyenwere and the team's last game, which was a win against Arizona. Onyenwere had a fourth double-double of the season. She's got 20 on the year. And you remember me bringing up that point about using 
inspiration and, and tactics for doing that. And Corey Close sort of scoffed at that and said, no, I'm actually not the best motivator. Well, I think she actually kind of is. And one of the ways that I've noticed from the periphery that her teachings and her motivational tactics are, are coming across is she kind of simplifies things for her players and creates these these formulas and these play on words if you will that kind of stick in the minds of her own players and she's got this thing right now e plus r equals o events plus response equals outcome what all that means is what happens happens but how you respond is what determines the ultimate you know outcome of that and you can control your response and you can turn adversity into success and speaking of success their freshman class has stepped up including charisma charisma osborne who does not look like a freshman i i, I think we can notice that she's one of their best defenders a lockdown defender and you know as good as this team has looked you know Corey close went on to say that she hasn't really liked the offensive flow giving her team collectively right now a c plus on the offensive end she says defensively though the versatility and their efforts on that side have been stellar and grade A. But says in summary that we're nowhere near where we want to be in March. This is what Coach Close is saying. The, the ball movement has to get better, wants to increase tempo. She says that's not necessarily shooting early in the shot clock, but getting buckets in transition if you're not forcing anything and then being more consistent with defensive rebounding, as she'd said, the defense is much more advanced right now than the offense. And that's pretty much how the men's basketball team is in the state of events they're in right now, where Mick Cronin says, hey, if we win games, it's because we hold teams to 60 points or around that ballpark. Coming up tomorrow on Friday, I will prime you once again on the matchup between UCLA, the men's team, and their game upcoming this weekend against USC. We will look at my keys to the game and what to expect from that matchup. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. I'm Brian Fenley, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.